All right. Well, here we are again, continuing on in our reading and discussion of 1 Corinthians chapter 5 now. Uh, we've gone ahead and we've covered the first four um, chapters, and now we find ourselves at chapter 5. So, if you're in a position where you can do so, as I always say, go ahead and open up your Bibles and follow along with me here. So 1 Corinthians chapter 5, starting in verse 1, the Apostle Paul is continuing here to instruct the believers of the church in the city of Corinth. And he says, and at the end of actually um, Chapter four, Paul said, uh, hey, you want me to come to you with gentleness or with a rod? And Paul's saying, hey, you know, we got some things we got to deal with. And that's what he's been dealing with. And if you didn't get a chance to listen to the first four chapters, go back and listen to them. But he's, he's just dealing with some things with these folks. And, you know, it's amazing that all these years later, here we are able to read the the word of God and have it be extremely relevant in our lives as to what we can learn from it. And as we read today, we're going to learn some things again. So he says, you know, so after closing chapter four with that statement, hey, you know, come on, clean this stuff up, guys, get things right here in the church, do this right, live righteously, come on. And he says, it is actually reported that there are, there is sexual immorality among you. And so he's going to talk about sexual immorality. Is that a problem today in our world? Of course it is. Of course it is, right? And he says, and such, and he's going to describe a type of sexual immorality here. He says, he says, this is a type that's not even named among Gentiles. In other words, non-believers. And we're talking about a church here of believers, and you're allowing something like this in your church, he's telling them. And he says that a man has his father's wife, so not only is it a problem that it's sexual immorality, you know, and basically sexual immorality from a biblical standpoint is anything outside of marital sex between a man and a woman. Okay. So, and he says, and he goes, and you are puffed up and have not rather mourned that he who has done this deed might be taking, taken away from among you. Look, again, I want to tell you the relevance of this. This exists amongst churches today, even churches that claim to be Bible-believing, where there's actual sexual immorality, you know, in the lives of some of the people in the church, and it's not being dealt with. It's not being confronted. It's just being looked over, you know, because there's no one there in that church bold enough to step up and, and do something about it and say something about it, right? So... Again, this is very relevant to our times today. For And he goes, for I indeed as absent in the body, but present in the spirit have already judged as though I were present, him who has done this deed. So what, Paul's, what, what advice is Paul going to give him? He says here, he says, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together along with my spirit, with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. That's what matters, folks. This, that that person is saved. That that person 
comes to salvation because fornicators, adulterers, these people don't enter the kingdom of heaven. They don't enter the kingdom of God. They're not going to be saved. I don't care if they're fellowshipping in your church, sitting in the chair, sitting in the pew, whatever the case may be. Doesn't matter if they're practicing lawlessness like this. They're not, I mean, this is just what the Bible teaches, folks. We can't get around it here. And we can't say, well, you know, this person's a friend of mine, so I don't say anything about it or whatever the case may be. And that's what these people were doing. They were just overlooking the sexual immorality in the church. But he's saying, hey, turn him over to Satan. When you gather together, right? In other words, when you're all together, single this guy out. Let him be dealt with. Why? Because what matters is that he repents, that he is remorseful, that he shows godly sorrow. See, there's no salvation without repentance. There's no salvation without a godly sorrow for the way you used to live. And again, look, I've said this before and I'll continue to say it, right? We're all lost without Christ. We all need a savior. We all need Jesus. We all need to be in Christ. We need the spirit of the Lord indwelling us. We need to be led by the spirit in the way that we live our lives, okay? And that's the church should be the place where these type of things are being dealt with, not overlooked, okay? So then he says, uh, well, let me read verse five there again, deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. In other words, we have to crucify this deed that's done in the flesh, right? That his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. In other words, when the Lord returns, when that time comes, when the last day comes and every knee will bow and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We want this person, we want every person, God wants every person to be able to hear the words, well done, thou good and faithful servant and not hear the words, Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. So that's how important this is, right? And he says, your glorying is, is not good. Do you not know that a, a little leaven leavens the whole lump? In other words, this sin being in the church, this person fellowshipping amongst you, and you're just overlooking it, it's going to have its effect on the whole church. You may not see it. It may be creeping up on you, but it's going to happen, okay? It's going to infect, affect the whole church. Because people know it. People see how people are really living, and then they see the hypocrisy that's in the church. And maybe you get up on the stage at your church or, you know, your pastor does whatever, and, and he teaches the Bible. But yet everyone knows, look at the sin you got sitting right here in the church, Okay, so therefore purge out the old leaven, verse seven, that you may be a new lump since you are truly unleavened for indeed Christ our Passover was sacrificed for us, right? In other words, we can't take that in vain, right? We can't treat the blood of Jesus as a common thing, trample it under our feet. It's a serious thing here. We need to deal with this, right? Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven. In other words, don't let the sin be in your life. Don't live like the way of the world, the way you lived before you knew Christ, right? Nor with leaven of malice and wickedness, but with unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. 
Deal with things. Get sincere and deal with things. Deal with the truth. That's how people get set free. That's how everything gets set free, is the truth will set you free. Okay, and Jesus is that truth. And we need to realize what Christ has done and and with his spirit within us, we need to deal with these type of issues. And look, let's take it personal. Again, Paul's addressing a church here and something that they were allowing in, a group of believers, but take it in your own heart and say, what do I need to deal with? Examine, what do I need to examine about myself as to whether I'm in the faith or not? Or am I allowing sin to rule and reign in my life? Okay, so he he says in verse nine, I wrote to you in my epistle not to keep company with sexually immoral people. Does it get any more straightforward than that? Don't even keep company with these people. And he goes on in verse 10 to say, yet I, I certainly did not mean with the sexually immoral people of this world or with the covetous or extortioners or idolaters since then, you would need to go out of the world. In other words, I'm not talking about non-believers. I'm talking about believers, people that say they're believers that are in, in your group amongst you. And you're letting them in as if they... You know, as if they truly are people of Christ, filled with the Spirit and such. Saying, I'm not saying, I'm not talking about all the sexually immoral people all around the world, all around you, everywhere. You know, we'd have to leave the world if we can't be around that. If we can't be around sexual immorality, covetousness, extortion, idolatry, if we can't be around that at all, we have to get out of the world. Someday we will. But that's not what Paul's talking about here to the to the believers. So, The people amongst you, don't be around them. Get them out of here. Get them out of there. He says, but I have written to you not to keep company with anyone named a brother. This person says they're a brother who is sexually immoral, it says, or covetous, or idolater, or reviler, or a drunkard, or an extortioner. Don't even eat with that person, he says. Not even to eat with such a person. Why? Because we're supposed to be separated, holy, sanctified by the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, set apart, walking in the spirit, fulfilling the spirit, not giving, um, you know, uh, I don't know what I was going to (laughs) say, but anyway, walking in the spirit, right? And in the truth of the word of the Lord, okay? I quote this all the time. I guess it's a, a, you could call it a pet verse of mine as a Bible teacher, as a preacher, but um, Titus 2, 11 and 12, right? Says to, uh, here, let me just go ahead and read it because I uh, don't want to mess it up here. Though I quote it so much, I should know it. But um, for the grace of God, it says, has appeared to all men teaching us to deny worldly lusts, ungodliness, to live soberly, to live righteously in this present age, right? That's how we're supposed to be living, soberly and righteously. When? Right now, okay? So you hear all the page turning here. I was quoting it, but I'm going to read it to you verbatim here and and a little bit more. I'll, I'll read a little bit more of it. Um, 
for the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men, teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present age, looking for the blessed hope and glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay, look what it says in verse 14 here in Titus 2, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, zealous for good works. So you see, and in one more verse, he says, Paul says here, speak these things, exhort and rebuke with all authority, let no one despise you. In other words, this is a serious matter. What I'm saying here, what Paul was saying here in Titus is a serious thing. Rebuke people, tell them, you got to live soberly. You got to live righteously. Deal with it, just like he's doing with the Corinthians here. Deal with this situation. Don't let it just go. Don't overlook it. You know, deal with it. And then he goes on, uh, he says in verse 12 here in, in 1 Corinthians 5, for what have I to do with judging those also who are outside? Do you not judge those who are inside? But those who are outside, God judges. Therefore, put away from yourself the evil person. So it is up to you as a member of the body of Christ, especially if you're in some position of authority within your church organization or whatever it may be, you need to step up and do something about it. You need to judge the evil person. You need to get rid of the, the sin that's in there. Okay, you need to get rid of the sin that's in amongst you and get it out of there. Otherwise, you're not operating in the spirit and you're not going to see the blessings of the Lord in such a thing. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 5. And um, go ahead and cut this off here. And uh, maybe we'll come back again today and read chapter six. Maybe we won't, but God bless. Again, if we can pray for you, help you in your spiritual growth, in your walk with the Lord, or answer any questions that you may have about the Lord, if you've not come to the Lord in your life, we'd love to do so. Reach out to us, aloveoutreach.com. You can go to um, our website there, aloveoutreach.com, and you can fill out the contact form and we'll respond to you. We'll get back to you. God bless. Until next time, have a great day.